What are you doing in one hour? Drizzly, you're getting your favorite beer, wine, and spirits delivered right to your door from Drizzly. Drizzly is the most convenient way to buy beer, wine, and spirits with delivery to your doorstep in under 60 minutes. Right now, Drizzly is giving new customers $5 off their first order with code FAST5. Go download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. And use promo code FAST5 for $5 off your first order. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and liquor. Just open the app, find what you want, and it's at your door in under 60 minutes. Drizzly also lets you shop from multiple stores in your area and compare prices on thousands of products. Right now, Drizzly is giving new customers $5 off their first order with code FAST5. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. And use code FAST5 for $5 off your first order. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, being brought to you by UFC Fit and Temecula, Golden Road Brewery, Charger Bolt Family, Tick Pick, and Bet Online. Dan Wolkenstein, we are less than two weeks away, sir. We are 10 days. We are in the home stretch. The draft is literally at the tips of our fingers it is almost here for the love of god before i check myself into an insane asylum with all of this draft news that is going down the hype is real everybody's geared up 
Want to thank everybody real quick who's joining us live on the show and in the chat room uh, for our live Q&A session tonight. Uh, all around, of course, everything draft-related as it uh, as it pertains to the Los Angeles Chargers. Dan Wolkenstein, happy Monday to you, sir. How are you? Happy Monday to you, Jake. We are, what, 10 days? 10 days away 10 from days. the draft? Woo-wee! Guys, welcome. Gals, welcome to Chargers Unleashed Live. As we mentioned in the chat, anyone who has any questions, comments, concerns, topics you'd like to discuss, Leave them in the comment section here. We will be doing all of this live as we go. Thank you guys so much for joining. We've got some questions that we've gotten from a few different channels that we'll go ahead and discuss here. Got some from Instagram, some from Facebook, some of the voicemail. And then obviously we'll have everyone that's coming to us live. So, Jake, I am doing great. I feel like we're all in this point now where everyone's kind of freaking out about all the news that is or is not coming out. It's lying season. How are you? <laughs> you know, it's weird how the news changes on a day-to-day basis. I think I've read more than enough of my fair share of mock drafts to have a good idea as far as who should be available and who's not going to be available and who I have my fingers crossed for and who I know the pulse of the Chargers fandom has their fingers crossed for. But we're going to get into that a little bit because I woke up, it's a typical type of Monday where you know, you really just don't feel that good about anything. And especially when I started thinking about a certain draft scenario for the Chargers here, it didn't put me in the best mood. So we're going to discuss that in just a little bit. But before we get started, because I want to spend as much time as we can with everybody's questions and uh, talking a little Chargers powwow here, want to remind everybody that uh, our show today is, of course, being brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info and odds. Find all the latest developments, including everything for this week's NBA playoffs, as well as the Major League Baseball season as, as it is now in full effect. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so join today. Just enter the promo code BLEAV, believe. And learn why everyone is saying Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on popular sports and games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Woo, Jake, you're batting a thousand on these live episodes where you get the ad reads done. I'm impressed, my friend. You know, it's almost like I had it right in front of me. It's, I'm impressed. You're a great reader. Um, Jake, for, okay, for folks who have been out there, have you guys seen the draft hats that they are going to be having? Have you seen them live? Like, have you seen it in person, not just on a picture? I've seen in person. I have not seen it in person. Okay. I'm not going to lie. In person, these hats are sick. They look different in person than they do on a picture, but highly recommend to see all of the draft picks wearing these as we see them in a few short days. A uh, few things coming up, Jake. It's going to be fun. Guys, we're going to be having some special guests up- upcoming as we have the Chargers offseason officially starting. You're starting to see people coming into the building, got workouts, plans, so some fun things in store. Guys, all right, here we go. Uh, quick shout out. Folks who are already saying hello. Ross Ackerman, yo, thank you for coming on. Uh, Jake, are you feeling it now, Mr. Krabs? Asked Ross, Ross is Ackerman. He, is, who is he saying that to, me or is he saying I don't that to know. you? I can't I, tell. I, 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 might be, I might be ignorant here, but I don't know what that's about. Am I mean, I'm- if it is Mr. Krabs, I mean, out of the two of us, I tend to be more on the pessimistic side. So that may be me. 
Um, but who knows if this is about money, Dan, it may be you. I mean, who knows? It may be happy. So <laughs> let's go. Uh, Joe Fernandez, shout out 10 more days. Let's see what he says. 10 days. Let's go. Good to see our bolts back in the building. Love the dad hat, Dan. Hashtag flat bills matter to Jake. Someone decided to rip me for wearing a flat hat a week ago saying like, oh, I forget exactly what he said, but basically like, I can't believe an adult's wearing a flat hat. And I was like, since when does a flat hat matter? So yes, flat hats matter too. This is the, look, everybody makes the fashion statement in their own way. It's ridiculous. I wear a flat bill and I'm almost 40. (laughs) And guess what? I don't care. But you are beautiful, Jake. Uh, Thank you, Joe. Jacob Rar, yo. All right, Jake, let's get right into this. So questions and topics. Uh, First question, or it's probably more of a topic, came in from Instagram. Let me go ahead and pull this thing up. Uh, Let's see. Pardon me while we're doing this live. Uh, We've got a question in from, I believe it's Gotham Anatha, who asks, do we have a chance to draft Jordan Davis? So that's a two-part question. What are the chances that he'll be there? And two, if he's there, how would we not take him? I give it <laughs> shit. I give it a fifteen percent chance that he's there. Fifteen. I just I just think it's you see this every single combine when guys like this that are this just the measurables and this type of freak athleticism it always just skyrockets their status. It was the same thing when Vaughn Miller was coming out in the draft. A lot of mock drafts in December had the Chargers taking Vaughn Miller. I forget where they were picking that year, but a lot of them had him taking him. And then he went out and he did his combine and his pro days. And of course, that is what skyrocketed him all the way to the second overall pick. Same thing happened with Don Terry Poe. Don Terry Poe, similar position to Jordan Davis way back in the day. Physical freak went out and performed very, very well at the combine. So as much as we like to say, you know, stick to the tape, the the numbers and aren't everything. When you get situations like this and guys that are just built like this, and then you see the way that they can move the way that Jordan Davis moves, it, it just defies belief. It doesn't make any sense. And so when you can get that type of freak athleticism, you know that a lot of teams ahead of you are going to covet that. So yeah, I put it at, I put it at 15%. Mm. If he's there, if he if he's there, I would be shocked to know who the hell else is still on the board at that point in time if he actually makes it that far. But yeah, I've been pounding the table for a long time for Jordan Davis to be the pick. A lot of people have been talking about Jordan Davis being the selection for quite a while now. And honestly, Dan, just at, to steal a line from you, think of the euphoria if you were to combine him with Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson. And that is basically the middle of your line with... Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack on either side. That's mm. that's something to think about. Imagine the euphoria. Jake, oh, that would be great. Okay, so then the other question would be, if Jordan Davis is available, I know this is a pipe dream scenario, but if he's available, who would have to be also available for you to pass on Jordan Davis to go for X guy? Like, would it be a Charles Cross? Would it be a Jameson Williams? Would it be... I mean, who who would have to be there that you would pick over him? I think I if if either or Charles Charles Cross 
or Jamison Williams, I'd probably have to say that that's a big, big case to make. Charles Cross would probably be the biggest. And uh, as we were discussing last week, Dan, the the line, I'm not sure if it has shifted since last week, but the line last week over under Charles Cross going by seven and a half. So by pick seven, over or under, essentially, that he's going to be gone over or under that. That's what Vegas has in on the line for him. And a lot of mock drafts that I've heard, aside from Charles Davis's mock draft today, which kind of gave you hope that some luck may fall in the Chargers. Who did, he, who did he have? He had them taking Charles Ross at 17. And of course, the first sentence he says is, the Chargers are rattled by their luck that Charles Cross fell to them at 17, which is exactly what we would all feel. But uh, this this would be another one of those Rashawn Slater, Derwin James type scenarios if he ends up getting that far. I just don't see it given the way that it looks like the offensive line group, especially the ones that are in the top, um, are going to be very coveted at the early part of this draft. For sure. Yeah, I, I think I would agree. Uh, Jamison Williams, I would take over him just because I'm sure we're going to get into this as we get some other questions coming in. Um, but he'd be so fun. And then man, Charles cross, like, yes, please. Uh, Stingley would be tempting too. Stingley would be tempting too. Okay. Uh, moving on. Aaron Fuller comes in bolt up. Can't wait for this draft to start you and me and Jake and you know, the, the four, I guess there's one more chargers fan in the entire world. The four of us chargers fans are so excited. 10 more days. Uh, next question, Jake. We'll put one in from the chat here. We're just going to start off guns blazing. Um, so I don't even, I'm not going to mention the name. For those who are watching live, you can see the name. For those who are listening, maybe Jake will say it so you can chime in. I have gotten crucified for saying this name one too many times recently. Jacob would like to know our thoughts on Schmever Schmenning that is in this. Or possibly someone that rhymes with that name in this draft. What are what are your thoughts on he who shall not be named for half the Chargers community? Half of them love him. Half of them hate him. This is like one of those. It almost kind of feels like the Justin Herbert pick before Justin Herbert was selected type thing, where it was kind of split down the middle. You know, you had this group of people that really were all over him and then people who were kind of against it because there were people that favored Tua before the draft, or in our case, we favored Isaiah Simmons that, that year or whatever it was, there was different guys that we were looking at that year. Um, But look, here's what I'll say about Trevor Penning. And this is what I was getting into when it comes to, what was disappointing me about this Monday. So yes, did I have Trevor Penning as my OT four? Yes, I did. in our draft rankings that we put up last week, but is this, it's a significant drop. Then once you get outside of the top three and Iki Iquamu, Evan Neal and Charles cross, it's a significant drop into that next tier of guys. Now, the problem that I have with is that everybody is all about the nastiness of Trevor Penning and Everybody kind of goes back to the senior bowl clips where he's pancaking dudes. And the problem is they're not just not really looking at the full picture of that. Cause if you go back and you can find it, that full sequence of that practice, the only reason that it gets that bad with Trevor Penning pancaking it is because that defender beat him horribly the previous snap. So there is a lot of emotion that Trevor Penning plays with, which isn't always the worst thing when it comes to an offensive no. lineman. But when you see 30-plus penalties 
over the last three years. Dan, 16 alone last year through 12 games, five of them being personal foul calls. Mm. The equivalent of what those penalties can do to a drive are just completely demoralizing. So do I think that he has the athletic capability to come in and play right tackle? No question about it. He's actually one of the more athletic guys for being someone that's of his stature. Do I think that he could fix the, you know, the little things as far as technical prowess? I'll give him that. He's training with, with Duke Manny weather right now. And we all know his, uh, you know, his draft picks along with Rayshon Slater that he has taught throughout his tenure. So that's the results have been pretty good, but damn, can you teach someone to play without that type of emotion? I just don't know. And on top of everything where I value him 17 is just way too rich for my blood. So this would have to be one of those last ditch scenarios, like I mean, obviously, if, if it was me, I'd be pulling, making all the calls I can to trade back. Here is here is the thing that I woke up on this Monday, and this is what I was, and this relates to Trevor Penning, and, and I'll get into this. I don't know what it was that hit me that made me think of 2013. 2013 was a very different draft class as far as the positions that were coveted. This in 2013, if you recall, Dan, there was a very highly highly coveted draft for offensive linemen, both tackle and guards alike. So the Chargers in 2013, they picked 11th. And before that, before they got to their selection at 11, five offensive linemen went off the board. You had Eric Fisher, you had Luke Jokel, you had Lane Johnson, you had Jonathan Cooper, and uh, you had Chance Warmack. Three tackles, two guards. I do not want to be in a position where the Chargers reach again for offensive tackle four. And for some reason, obviously just because it's out there so much right now in the mock draft world, I just have this sense that the football gods are going to either make it really close or we're going to be on the clock and Trevor Penning is going to be sitting there dead and we're going to have about five good minutes of a majority of Chargers fans sweating from their heads, possibly a little bit of pee coming down their pants, just in anticipation (laughs) of what's going to happen. And I got to tell you, it terrifies the shit out of me. Okay, hold on. So a a couple things. Um, One, Craig Smith is trying to help you by helping me and saving me from myself. And for the record, okay, I'm going to set the record straight here. I do think Trevor Penning has a chance to be a very good NFL offensive tackle. And I think him paired alongside Rashawn Slater, I think would be a good pairing. And anyone who is saying like, oh, Trevor Penning sucks. Like, okay, pump the brakes a little bit here. Like, I, I think there's a difference between Trevor Penning at 17 sucks and Trevor Penning sucks. And I can understand the argument behind wanting some other guys ahead of him. But let's not go too far. Like, are there things that he needs to work on to kind of reel in his craziness and reel in some of that nastiness and reel in some of that after the whistle stuff and maybe some of the holding technique type stuff? Sure. We all can see that. 
But does he have elite traits? We also can see that. So just, just calm it down a little bit. Um, and Herb Illist says, Herbalist. I think he, Herbalist. Herb, Herbalist. Oh, you're right, Herbalist. I always say that wrong. Uh, thanks for coming in, by the way. Trevor Penny could be good, but I don't know if he's worthy of a 17th pick. Almost feels like setting, settling if Cross goes just before the Chargers. And again, depending on how the board fell, which we can kind of get into a little bit here, like it could be a reach. But I think what we'll start to kind of talk about here in a bit, what would you rather reach for? Or should you reach regardless? Like, for example, let's say offensive tackle one, two, three are gone. And let's say wide receiver, the wide receivers you like are gone. Let's say the, I don't know, Jordan Davis is gone and you've got uh, the corners are gone, the, the top two or three. Like, what's next? If, you, if you're not trading back, like, would you rather, quote unquote, reach for the wide receiver that you, don't, that you didn't want at first? Would you reach for the offensive line? Well, off the tackle, maybe do you, maybe do you go into your offensive line one? Like, what what would you do? First off, the offensive, or excuse me, the wide receiver class in this circumstance. Because remember, you're not you're not looking for the, your wide receiver one. It's not like the Chargers have zero weapons. You're looking for a third guy to comp, come in and complement Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and obviously with Josh Palmer in the mix as well. But to come in, complement, add another weapon for Justin Herbert, and eventually, hopefully, grow moving forward. But Dan, if it was me in that type of scenario that you played out, obviously the first thing that I've been doing is I'm going to be doing the same thing that I've been wanting for 20 years. And the very first thing is looking to trade down, get some value. Not only do that, if I move back into the mid-20s, acquire an extra second round pick so that I know that I'm going to have a little bit more flexibility, don't have to, to sit there and wait while the rest of the teams in my division get to make one or two picks as the Chiefs have and virtually four rounds of this draft. It's just disgusting their draft capital that they have this year, but you don't want to have to wait and pray that someone that you really like in the third round is going to land there. So if it were me, yes, the first thing I'm doing is I'm working the phones, try to see if I can acquire a second round pick and see how the board falls to me at that point to see if the value matches up a little bit better. But if I don't get that opportunity, if someone's not willing to make that type of a trade with me, then Dan Zion Johnson, Zion Johnson, I would not mind Zion Johnson at 17. And we've talked about this and anybody that's been listening to Daniel Popper about the possibilities of what could still be taking place. Yes. I know that I want as much continuity along the offensive line as anybody else does for Justin Herbert. But Matt Filer has experience playing right tackle. You move him over to right tackle. You could, in this particular scenario, you put Zion Johnson next to Rashawn Slater, next to Corey Lindsley, which that's badass enough. And then, of course, <laughs> the uh, the reports out there from Daniel Popper is that there is a very highly po- high possibility that the Chargers are still interested in bringing Ode Abushi back. I definitely hope he does, because when he was healthy, he, he was more than a serviceable offensive line for us last year. So if you were to bring him back, and apparently the word is that there will not be a move done until after the draft. If that is your offensive line left to right, Dan, Slater, Johnson, Lindsley, Abouche, and Filer, that's just a backdoor solution. And that doesn't sound too bad to me. No, uh, I would gladly take that. Um, let's go through a couple of the people that are here saying hello to us. Chris Eilis. I'm terrible with last names. I apologize. So I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. Hey, Bolt fam. Shout out. Hello. 
Um, Craig Smith asks, does Trevor Penning remind you of DJ Fluker? Hey, kiddo. How was the hill? Did you learn anything? Yeah. That ripping pow induces spontaneous joy. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 Adult. Drop in for next winter now and save at IconPass.com. DJ Fluker, from the standpoint that I was making as far as the reach goes, you know, DJ Fluker that year in 2013 was the fourth offensive tackle taken. In this circumstance, for a lot of people, Trevor Penning may be the fourth offensive tackle taken wherever he goes. But from a standpoint of nastiness, no, because DJ Fluker was just the nicest guy on the in the planet. I never really saw a big time nasty streak, uh, other than maybe one time or two. But just the technical aspects of it, Dan. There's still uh, some things that he has to work on. Yes, he's athletic from from Penning's standpoint, and I could see those similarities from Fluker. But if I could have gotten the nasty streak from Penning, and maybe with a little, and with <laughs> Fluker's discipline. And with refining his technical skills a little bit, he may have ended up turning out to be a better prospect. But yeah, as far as the reach goes, those that's exactly what I thought of when I was thinking of this this morning was those old DJ Fluker memories of us reaching and not playing the board correctly the way that it should have been done. Fair. Um, okay, for folks who are just tuning in, if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to discuss, this episode is for you only. So we want to get as much engagement, as many questions and topics as we can in here. Uh, next question, Jake from Ross Ackerman. Favorite third round wide receiver. We hear everybody talking about the Jamison Williams, talking about the Traylon Burks, talking about the Jahan Dodsons, talking about the Garrett Wilsons, the Chris Olaves, which we'll get to Chris Olave in a bit here later on. Uh, no one is as much talking about day three. You even hear like Cal Austin, Sky Moore, in kind of the day two. day two. Yeah, there you go. Day three, hidden gems, diamond in the roughs, if you will. Who are some of your favorite third round or I mean, day three wide receivers? It's kind of, I mean, in this case, if I'm, if I'm reading this correctly from this question, it's day two, but in the third round, as far as the Chargers possibly passing on a wide receiver in the first round, and then coming coming back around to it on the third round, depending on who it is that they take. But it's all kind of circumstantial because everybody has all these different rankings for this wide receiver group. And yes, it's deep. And especially for the Chargers, they're in a good benefit from the standpoint that really what they're trying to get is speed and yak, which thankfully there's plenty of to get in this draft. You're, you're get, going after a wide receiver three, not necessarily a wide receiver one, which obviously those are going to be coveted at the top of this draft. But Dan, I, re- I mean, we've talked about this through our, our uh, positional breakdowns and Alec Pierce from Cincinnati, mm. uh, a John Mechie, maybe who falls down there in the third round. Personally, I think Sky Moore has the biggest chance of anybody along with John Donson. I mean, do not be surprised. John Donson is not falling. Get out I'm, of no, here. No, I'm, no, no, no. I'm not saying that. I said, don't be surprised if either Jahan Dotson or Sky Moore end up being first-round picks. And don't even be surprised if you end up seeing at least six wide receivers go off the board. That yeah. should be the over-under number, and it may it may actually pound the over if, uh, if certain teams aren't able to move up for their guys and they just take whoever falls to them. Um, but, yeah, so those are some of the guys in the third. Hell, Dan, some of the guys that I said is they may not even be there in the third round. Bo Melton's another one that I really like um, that we talked about that actually – through our initial rankings, 
we we didn't even have on there, Dan. It was just after the combine hit. But we did talk about him in our honorable mentions. And since I've gotten a chance to go back and watch a lot of film on him, I really like what I saw from him. So probably a better, more realistic uh, option for Bo Melton to possibly be there at day three with the other two possibly being gone, or excuse me, day three, round three with the other two possibly being gone before then. But yeah, those are just a couple. Who do you got? I really like Alec Pierce. I, I, I've seen people kind of sleep on him and I'm like, he's going to be good, man. He's a big body wide receiver. He kind of has just a very fluid skill set. Um, a couple guys that I probably would love to see, and I'm going to go kind of more towards kind of day three versus round three. Um, I, I think, I don't know where Wandale Robinson's going to go. I have no, I, I think that's going to be like a fringe day two, day three pick. If I had to guess, um, Khalil Shakir out of Boise State. I don't know if people have had a chance to see him, but I love what he does. Very under-the-radar guy. He's just going to be a quality wide receiver. Um, Jalen Tolbert, I like. Reggie Robertson, I like a lot. Um, at SMU, he was kind of – he was fun for me. Um, you're not going to see Christian Watson fall that far. It's just not happening. Um, Surprised you have not talked about your boy David Bell yet. David – I love David Bell, but I don't love David Bell for the Chargers, I, I, which we talked about. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I had to plug that you one. Had to in you. Um, the one question I did have, though, we talked about like the Chargers needing speed and yak and all that stuff. Does DeAndre Carter signing does it change or affect your outlook in terms of what we should be looking for? No, no. No, DeAndre DeAndre Carter signing was specifically to and yes, I think that he can add a little bit more as possibly being used in the offense the way he was used in Washington. Um, they were, you know, progressively bringing him along and giving him a lot of up or not a lot, but progressively giving him some offensive snaps outside of his kick returner uh, duties. But this was strictly a move first and foremost to get younger at the kick returner position. As much as I loved watching Andre Roberts and what he brought to our kicking game, and even at his age and even at the speed that he still have, this is a progressive move for the Chargers. You get a guy who is, what I think he's five years younger than, um, than, uh, uh, than Andre Roberts is. And you bring him in, and if you um, listen to his press conference today. It sounds like Dan, he even had a good shot to go back to Washington, but he actually chose to end up signing with the chargers. So um, that'll be an interesting move. I don't think it definitely, I don't think it impedes anything as far as what the chargers need, as far as that speed and that yak aspect, but I'd be interested to ultimately see if they end up sprinkling him in on some offensive snaps. I have no idea where, because the char- if the chargers do end up getting a wide receiver, they're just going to be, ridiculously deep with a group of Allen Williams, Palmer, fill in your name of the (laughs) draft prospect receiver. And of course, Jalen Guyton question that came in. Um, We're going to get to some of the other receivers. There's a lot of receivers in here that people are talking about going to get, whether it's Tolbert, Bo Melton, Danny Gray, which we've talked about Danny Gray earlier as a kind of a sleeper on a wide receiver episode. Um, Thoughts on Olave at 17. God, you hated this. You hated this when PFF was doing their dueling mock drafts earlier. And that that actually came up in one pick. That came up in one of the questions we got here as well was the PFF question. Uh, For those who did not see, Trevor Sikama and Connor Rogers and Austin Gale and I forget Austin's co-host. 
Mike Renner, I believe, uh, did a dueling mock draft today uh, for both of their episodes or for both their, both their podcasts, excuse me. And both of them, the way the board fell, ended up going with a one Chris Olave. So, Jake, what say you? Dan, the way that the board fell in that particular scenario, you had Trevor Penning on the board and you had Chris Olave. I think you know my feelings on Trevor Penning as far as draft value goes right now. But again, I know that you have been here just as far as on the fence. Not to say that, not for me saying that that you're saying that Chris Olave is not a good receiver. You just, for some reason, have been very hesitant to like him for the Chargers. But what I'm telling you again, look at what the Chargers need and look how he fits in the offense. And I think that it actually ends up being a great fit. And as far as value goes, Dan, that would be the right way to play the board. If you were not able to get a trade down scenario, if you weren't thinking about going the interior uh, offensive line at that standpoint, I would take Chris Olave over Trevor Penning right now. Yes, I would. Okay. All right. So I feel like you're doing this thing where you're trying to pin me into a corner that no one actually put me in. So question. I'm I'm not trying to pin you into a corner. I mean, you, you, you yourself were saying on Twitter today that you might as well start, you know, preparing yourself for Chris Olave to potentially be the pick for the chargers at 17. Yes. So for the record, I've never said Chris Olave is not going to be a good NFL wide receiver. I have always said, I believe that it is a stretch, a reach at 17. And I stand by that. I still believe that Chris Olave in historically, I don't necessarily think would be a number 17 overall pick in NFL draft. And for the chargers specifically, I don't know how much I would value. And maybe the, and again, that's why I'm not the GM, but drafting a wide receiver three at 17 seems a little rich, but like if they, if they, if the chargers believe that that wide receiver quote unquote three can develop into a wide receiver two or a one or they don't really see one, two, three. They just see wide receivers and they can spread it out however they want. Okay. Uh, but I just look at the, the sheer impact and how many times he's going to be on the field compared to some of the other guys that we could go after. Like the Chargers are going to have three receiver sets often, but how many times are they going to have two receiver sets and it's not Keenan Allen and Mike Williams? So how many snaps is he going to get? Versus if you were to go get someone like a it doesn't have to be Trevor Penning insert whatever offensive tackle that you want or insert defensive line, insert interior offensive line, insert corner. They'll play all of those. will play more snaps than him. So I like Alave, but I also have my hesitancies around like, would he be the most value for us immediately at 17? The Chargers offense was a top five offense last year, period. With the shortcomings it had. Yes, it could obviously get better. Yes, we would like to see it better. Yes, we'd like to see it faster. But is that the thing that's going to lift this team? Was that was that the thing? Yes, everyone talks about, oh, that was the thing the Chargers were missing last year. But, like, they were missing a lot last year. 
Dan, again, you, if you just take it in this microcosm here, because how we got onto this was the difference between Trevor Penning and Chris Olave, whose value is more at 17. And my answer is emphatically, it's Chris Olave. Now, of course, that's only in this particular draft scenario. We have no idea how the board is going to look too real weeks quick. From now. Real quick, you're saying you're saying who's the like if you had a big board, who's higher on your big board between Trevor Penning and Chris Olave? That's yes. By okay, the time okay. 17 rolls around, yes, okay. I would have Chris Olave higher than Trevor Penning in that circumstance. And I get it from an offensive line standpoint. The Chargers have a yawning chasm at their right tackle spot as far as need goes. Yes, offensive line makes perfect sense. So if, if it's you're not, able, if, it, if, if it's not Matt Filer. If it's not Matt Filer, obviously the Chargers sound like they are prepared for a lot of different situations, possibly however it plays out. But that's that's my opinion on why I like to recoup an additional second round pick because whichever way you go with this first round pick, and if you stay pat at 17, obviously fingers crossed that they end up picking the right person. But outside of that, you know, you better put your feet up, maybe light a fire, maybe <laughs> hell, maybe even read a book because it's going to take a minute just to get back to the chargers making a selection in the third round. So if you can do it where you can acquire some extra draft capital here and give yourself a little bit of flexibility so that you're not so pigeonholed into say two or three positions. And then depending on how the board falls, uh, falls that you may end up into this type of situation where, if you can't find a trade partner, then you ultimately make the mistake of reaching. Come on, man. Don't do that. Okay, so I, I'm just going to ask a question. Okay, this is, this is not poo-pooing anyone in particular. But Chargers, let's say they are at 17. Let's say, I don't know, making up some guys that are there. Right? They could get Penning, Raymond. They could get Zion Johnson. They can get Alave. Uh, and, and they can get whoever else doesn't matter. And let's say they are looking at Olave, but then somehow let's say the chargers were able to get a, let's say Cal Austin, you know, falls to round three, which I don't even know if that would be quote unquote unlikely, fall. but I'll, I'll, well, no, I'll, I, mean, I, th- I'll I think he'll go it. early round three, but like the chances of him falling to the chargers at 79, like that's very low. But like, if you're a chargers fan, what is the difference in terms of like how excited you are, how much of an impact that they would make to this team between a Chris Olave, who again would be a 17th overall pick, and let's say a Christian Watson, or let's say a Calvin Austin, or let's say uh, any insert speed guy, let's say Danny Gray out of SMU, like insert any one of those guys that everyone talks about that is super excited about like for what the chargers are needing and for this offense for this year, what difference of an impact honestly would all those receivers give? But first of all, just to have a little bit of logic in your argument there, Dan, it's kind of like, It's kind of like a it's kind of like what everybody's saying as far as trying to figure out what the Saints motive was in executing the trade that netted them an extra first round pick when they did it three three what was that three and a half it got almost a month before the draft ended up happening and the kicker there is is that if they're targeting 
which a lot of rumors that they have the same needs, obviously, as the Chargers, offensive lineman or wide receiver, you're not even going to know who's going to be able to be there out on the board at that particular point in time, which is why it's leading a lot of people to believe that they're going to package that and move up to possibly a quarterback or one of the top offensive linemen. It's the same type of situation for the Chargers, Dan. If it is a situation because you do not have a second-round pick to possibly come around and get one of these guys, if your guy is there and that guy just so happens to be Chris Olave, you take him there because you can't guarantee that any of these guys that you just named off are going to make it that far. And I say that, Dan, specifically from the standpoint of watch how many wide receivers are going to go on the first night. The wide receiver position after 17 is going to be a position that is largely coveted. If it's not coveted enough before 17, teams like New England, Dallas, Arizona, obviously the Packers, the Chiefs, all those teams are going to want to target someone. If they don't end up trading up for one and they end up staying where they're at, you're going to see some wide receivers fly off this board late. Some guys that probably had a second, uh, early second round grade could go in the first. And because of that, Dan, that's then going to trickle over into the second round. And then you're going to be forced to sit there in front of your television and watch all of these other wide receivers that we've been naming just go off the board before the Chargers end up picking at 79 and just hope to God that one of them falls. So if you have the opportunity to get your guy, and if in this case for the Chargers, not saying that Chris Olave is my guy, but if he's their guy, why would you not pull the trigger there? That's the logic that I have. I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I agree in the logic, but I still would ask them the question, what would the impact difference be between getting him at 17 and those other guys at insert round or pick? It, it just, that's the hesitancy I have. Doesn't mean I'm right, but that, again, I would love to be wrong and I would love for him to turn into the next faster Keenan Allen, faster Devontae Adams. Like, yes, please. I'll gladly come on here and tell everyone like, oh, thank God I'm wrong. Please, like, please happen. But like, I'm also trying to be honest. Um, all right, next question, Jake. I know this is something that is that flies right in the face, and you'd probably throw up all over me, most likely, or someone at your draft party. We always talk about your pound on the table for, tr for trading down. Let's talk trade up. Somebody asked the question here about trading up for Derek Stingley. So, two-part question. Okay. First part question. Would is there anybody in this class that if you were Tom Telesco, you would trade up to go get? I know you're always against trading up, but who is there one here you'd do it? I mean, Stanley would probably be on the short list of players that you would do that for. Either that or possibly one of the top offensive linemen. If you knew for a fact that there was no chance of Charles Cross falling to 17 and you thought that that was an absolutely coveted need for you, that you had to fill that right tackle spot, then that may be the case that you go up and get one of these guys. But it's a very short list. And to answer the second question, if Khalil Mack was not traded, or excuse me, traded for, if the Chargers did not give up a second round pick for Khalil Mack, I could see trading up as a good possibility for the Chargers in this circumstance because Tom Telesco has unfortunately done it 
in certain scenarios. And when he's done it, it hasn't played out that well for him thus far, which is why I'm so against it. But if the if they did not already uh, if they were not already down second round draft capital, I could see this as a faint possibility. But because they don't have a, a second round pick in this scenario, I just don't see the likelihood of that taking place. Stingley is a phenomenal player. If for some reason he fell to us at 17, that would definitely be one of those Derwin James type of moments. But I just I just can't see it. I can't see that taking place. I don't. It's funny because I. It depends. Mm, this is tough because I think the Chargers are obviously in win now mode, and if that's the case, and they can pull a, a Rams and just say like, you know, let's f them picks. I'll just go ahead and you know take all of my draft picks and funnel them all to this year and go get either trade up for another first round draft pick or trade for their player, whatever. Um, I could see them. Saying, you know what? If we're one offensive tackle away from being elite and Charles Cross is still there with, you know, the, at the Vikings pick, I think they're picking like 11th or 12th. Like, if they did it, I don't know if I would do it, but I would be like, I get it. Like, I totally get it. And I wouldn't hate it. There's no way you could hate that pick. There's no way. Um, Trading up for a guy like Stingley is a much bigger risk. And I think Stingley has an incredible ceiling. And the guy has elite traits, elite skill set. Like, the dude is a beast. But there is more risk there. He's not as, in my opinion, surefire as a Charles Cross would be in pass protection. And so, going corner with already having J.C. Jackson, already having Asante Samuel Jr., already having Mike Davis, which people are either low on or don't know what he's going to be in the future for the Chargers, already having a secondary that's like much better and adding to that advantage or to that improved secondary already. Like, I guess, but when you have a gaping hole somewhere else, it's just hard for me to envision that. I just... So to answer the question, the only thing that if it was me, if I'm the Chargers, I can see a trade up for either the offensive tackle that you wanted. I could see it for possibly the Jordan Davis, which I know some people don't even want him in the first round, but like I do. (laughs) And I could see it for the wide receiver that they want. That's not the one we've already talked about. Uh, otherwise, no, I, I really don't, I really don't see it. Oh, hey, kiddo. How was the hill? Educational. Oh, learn a new trick? Yeah, the trick to a happy, fulfilling life, maybe. I learned that mountain air unleashes my inner peace. And rip and pow while well, the whole crew's all, you induces spontaneous joy. Okay, uh, that's nice. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 Adult. Drop in for next winter now and save at IconPass.com. Very few things are impossible. What do you mean? Most of the things that people think are impossible aren't. I know something that's impossible. Okay, tell it. Having a big event and not creating a pile of junk. Okay, but it's easily fixable. 
Oh, I get it. All I have to do is point. All you have to do is point. Junk from a party, a celebration, a family reunion, or a holiday. One eight hundred got junk can make it disappear. Junk from a wedding reception, a construction project, or from moving in or moving out of a new place. We make junk disappear. All you have to do is point. When our clean, shiny truck arrives, everyone starts clapping because everyone is happy, and that's why they all start dancing. Call one eight hundred got junk, or visit one eight hundred got junk dot com. I just don't. I, there's a lot of clap. I mean, I, in my opinion, for the most part, you trade up for quarterback, unless you have a quarterback and you trade up for the guy to protect him. That's kind of the way I see it. Is there anyone that you trade up for other than maybe an offensive tackle? No, but again, that's because I'm so against trading up. <laughs> you know me, and and I, look for trading up for some people works. Until I see it actually benefit Tom Telesco and this team, I may I may flip gears here. But in this circumstance, with the Chargers not having a second-round pick, I just can't see them giving away extra draft capital. Even if it's extra draft capital next year, I just would they would they possibly do it? Would Tom Telesco do it? Yes. I just can't see it with, for the fact that they're already down one of their high-value draft picks that it would take place. I mean, Dan... The trades that have taken place under Tom Telesco's watch, Manti Teo, Melvin Gordon, stop Kenneth it. Murray. Stop it. Like, stop it. I don't want to see another trade up because he's 0 for 3 in that circumstance. You don't want to see it. No. Um, Jake, so someone comes in here with a question or with a comment. Latest Chargers post 22 minutes ago gives me chills. Do you have any idea? Elaborate, please. We're live here. Do you have any idea what that is about? I have no idea what that is about. <laughs> okay, we've been, so- we've been on the we've been on the air now for. <laughs> please, if if you can, Ross, if you can get that to us, uh, <laughs> send it. Full send. Uh, all right, Jake. Other topics we've got here. Uh, it's not necessarily a topic, but we had a voicemail that came in. Let me see if I can pull it up. Give me one moment here. We're live, make sure guys. The audio, make sure the audio is all in check there, Dan, when you do this. Yes, I'm trying. There we go. Okay, here we go. Start this thing over. It's been a long time since we activated the Chargers uh, on Lee's right? hotline. From the 559 area code. Let's see what they have to say. Let's go, San Diego Chargers. Been a pass since. Oh, yay hi. You don't know. Yeah. We're going to go into the offseason. We ain't done yet. We're still going to go sign key free agents. Then after that, we're going to go into the draft. Draft Jordan Davis from Georgia. Then after that, we'll be set to go. Let's get it. Bolt up. Calling a shot. Dan, Dan, why don't we just call the show right now? I mean, <laughs> Are we done? He, he knows everything. He knows everything we're going to do. We're going to go out. We're going to sign another key free agent. We're going to go sign, uh, we're going to select Jordan Davis in the first round of the draft. And you could just, you know, fire up your favorite cigar, put your feet up. Again, like I said, go read a book, whatever. Hey, that's fantastic. <laughs> if that's how it's going to fall, damn. Ah, uh, if it, 
if the charge, if, it, if, that, if that's how it falls, like, yes, I'm taking it. 100%. Um, apologies for the FaceTime. Is that here. someone <laughs> calling the Chargers on Leash Hotline again all of a sudden? No, that'd be weird if I answered a FaceTime from somebody on the Chargers on Leash Hotline. How yeah, that'd be that'd hilarious. Be. Um, yeah, so Jordan Davis, I think it's funny. I, I, we've all seen it. As kind of the time has gone on, there was like the wave that has kind of gone in and out for different players, right? Like there was the wave of of Jordan Davis. Well, first it was the wave of Devontae Wyatt. And then there was the wave of a Traylon Burks for a while. And then it kind of changed to Jordan Davis combine. And then it kind of went to Jameson Williams, like cray cray. And then he heard like Trey McDuffie went wild for a while for the Chargers. Uh, you heard all kinds of waves kind of going in and out. And I think what's important for all of us to recognize and to realize and to remember is like, we're in the middle of smoke season right now. And us, everyone included in the media, like you kind of get paid for content. Like that's how it works. And like, there's only so much you can say about the same thing over and over and over again. So people will just say random shit because like, Hey, maybe it'll work. And then if that one, if that one crazy mock draft that has Jordan Davis going number 29 were to happen, that guy's a genius. But so like, come on, like chill, but also try to drown out the noise as much as you can, which I know is impossible. We all fall victim of it sometimes. But Jake, like for example, I go back to like our wide receiver episode that we had like what six weeks ago. It feels like feels like six months ago, but six yeah. weeks ago. And I have Traylon Burks as wide receiver one, and I think I had Garrett Wilson as wide receiver two. Or no, I think I had Garrett Wilson wide receiver three, Jameson Williams number two, and. People thought I was crazy. But then there were also people that thought I was dead on with, with Traylon Burks. And all of a sudden, like, Traylon Burks is now, like, no one's even talking about him. Like, late first-round draft pick, which I find insanity. The guy could easily turn into, like, a, he's not going to be Debo Samuel. But, like, he has that archetype where he could do everything on the field for an offense. And so as much as possible, I guess my request is, Drown out the noise, but also go with your gut and your own eyes. Like there are some guys that you're hearing people talk about where you're like, no way. There's no way. And some of the guys we talked about, to be honest, are those guys to me. But everybody just PSA, like just trust your gut and actually watch some tape before you start talking about all these guys. Jake, you're up. What's next? Oh, I thought you were feeding all of this right now, Dan. <laughs> Honestly, I was just listening to everything that you were saying right there about the wide receivers. I was just ready for the next shot. Who, who's got it? Okay, so we've got, well, first off, some friends have come in. Charger Chat Podcast has come in. Friends of the show. Uh, let's go. Hey, guys. Welcome. Uh, we'll have to do a collaboration soon with them, Jake. I think we got to do something, right? We got to do something. It's been a minute <laughs> since we've done it with the boys. Miss those guys very much. Uh, wide receiver talk, Wilson or Alave? I mean, hell, I would rather have Wilson if he's on the board at 17 over Alave, no question. But he, but much like Jordan Davis, he's not going to be there on the board at 17. So <laughs> this is the penalty that the Chargers have have given themselves by, by winning games, essentially, putting themselves at 17. And this is the type of headache that they're going to have to deal with in watching 16 players go before them and a lot of this high talent go off and hope that one of them ends up being on the board at 17 that they're going to covet. 
we're, we're rounding out kind of the live Q&A here. Uh, so if you have any other questions, comments, discussion topics, let us know in the comments. We'll go ahead and get them in rapid fire here. Uh, would you rather have Olave or Drake London for the Chargers? See, this is an interesting one because I rank London higher than Olave, but in the Chargers, like overall, as far as the wide receivers goes, but in the Chargers offense, Olave is probably a better fit. And I agree. Drake London, Drake London is still kind of being a little bit underrated. I think he started to pick up some steam now that it's, you know, it's much like the, the Jamison Williams situation. Now that those signs are coming on that, that they're going to be healthy by the time training camp goes along, their draft stock is starting to come right back up on the rise. Drake London's going to be a fantastic wide receiver in the NFL, just as it relates to our fit in our offense, Dan, again, as and this is why I say this as far as value goes, Alave at 17 and the fit in the Chargers offense just makes sense in that circumstance. I would love to have London, but if you didn't have a Mike Williams or a Keenan Allen, I think that he would be a better fit. Fantastic wide receiver. Definitely up there with the Wilsons and the, and the Jamison Williams as far as my top three goes. But in the, as far as the fit in the offense, Alave is going to fit better in my, in my, uh, my opinion. Okay. Uh, Jake, off the dome, what is what are some of the saddest movies you've ever seen? Saddest movies? Yep, you'll see where I'm going. Saddest movies. Like, Titanic is a really sad movie. Like, Walk to Remember, The Notebook. Like, what are some sad movies? God, dude. <laughs> I mean, actually, I mean, you know, what you consider sad movies, what I consider sad movies are completely different, but... Go on. Let's let's hear the point. Shawshank Redemption. Okay, so you know what else is pretty sad? Yes. Okay. We've got Hefe Kansas City in here talking about his Chiefs on a Chargers podcast. Isn't it almost 10 o'clock over there? Shouldn't kids be asleep at this point? Saying Chargers okay. will not win a Super Bowl until 30-22. Acting as if his team has a chance this season to win a Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill. Like, one, why is he here? Two, is he okay? I really want to know. And three, you know like... What? Thanks for coming on the show, dude. Appreciate it. Again, I, I know what? I, I kind of like the fact that he's on the show. Like, it, I think he's learning a little bit about our team. So, cool. Uh, <laughs> Herbalist, why you come on Troll Everything? And then Kapil comes in with a comment. I've been hearing Chiefs are the fourth in division this year from sources. Should we tell Hefe? I heard they traded Tyreek Hill and gave up. Should we tell them? They definitely didn't give up. All right, let's let's not be naive from the standpoint <laughs> that we still have to go through them as our div- division rivals. Yes, they still have number fifteen, and yes, they're still going to be good. Let's not be naive in that circumstance. But you know what? Again, Fa, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> Schindler's List or Shawshank Redemption or Shawshank? Which ones? Sadder. Sadder? Dude, I mean, Schindler's List just tears at your heartstrings, man, with the subject matter of that. I mean, that's just... You gotta be in you gotta be in a certain mood to sit back and watch Schindler's List. That's as fantastic of a movie as it ended up being, like, visually and storytelling, but you gotta be in a mood to prepare yourself to watch that, dude. Th- those are just, like, some of those 
certain certain horror movies that I've watched that even that even sometimes get me based on the subject matter. I'm just like, dude, I just need a shower after watching some of these. But uh, yeah, as far as sad goes, I'll I'll take Schindler's List there. Cool. All right, Hefe, thanks for coming in. Talk to you next time on the next Chargers Unleashed. Uh, deuces to you as well. Uh, question comes in, Jake. We have a question about running backs. We have not done running backs. We haven't gotten to that. I'm hoping that we get a chance to do that positional breakdown as well as uh, maybe get to the tight ends and the linebackers before then. So I know we're on crunch time here as far as the draft coming up very fast. But simple question. What round do the Chargers target a running back? I do not see the Chargers targeting a running back at least, at least. And especially if they do not trade back to get extra draft capital to recoup that second round pick, I don't see them doing it before round five. I honestly, I just don't. I don't see them doing that. I think that's the ceiling for them if everything really? stays pat. If they end up requiring a second round pick, Dan, I'll elevate that one round. And I'll say it's uh, the fourth round, beginning of day three. No question. But as it stands right now, I'll put the ceiling at round five for that conversation to start. Okay, so I kind of go back and forth. I'm being completely honest. I don't necessarily know if I like it, but I've seen a lot of people like, oh, could you imagine the Chargers go like round three and like just get their dude like a Brees Hall or you know, pick a running back that's one of the top. Like I know, I know it would be a luxury I, pick. It'd be a luxury I mean, pick. Be, yeah. But like, let's say they get an offensive tackle and then they go and get some freak running back. Or they get, what's Delvin Cook's brother's name? I forget his name, but love him. Like, it'd be kind of cool. We've always, we've, we've heard a lot of talk about like Austin Eckler needs a second running mate. And I know everyone talks like, oh, you get you can get running backs whenever. You can get running backs, you know, whether it's in free agency, you can get them later in the draft or undrafted. They only last several, whatever. Like, it hasn't worked for us recently. So I get it, but I mean, hey, it's, it's you 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 have taken a pardon me, you've taken a running back in the late rounds these last couple of years. Larry Roundtree, Joshua Kelly. And yes, neither of them have ended up picking up that banner behind uh, Austin Eckler for you. Justin Jackson, unfortunately, just hasn't been able to pan out as that number two guy, even in the times where he has flashed and looked good. Of course, health has been the biggest hurdle for him to overcome. So, yes, you do need that. But given your other needs, (laughs) like you said, Dan, it's a luxury pick. You still have Austin Eckler back there. So given your other needs, those are more pertinent to address earlier. Even if you're, again, if you're telling me that you only are going to have two draft selections before day three even begins, then I am definitely not spending one of those on a running back. You're not going to convince me otherwise. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think I agree, but like, it's kind of enticing. I'm not going to lie. Uh, we've got a question here uh, on Facebook, uh, actually. Uh, from a Roger Anderson. And this has to do with kind of the fan turnout at SoFi. And he's curious and asks about whether or not we think, or if they think, uh, or if we think that the players hear or are upset or have feelings about kind of the the home fan situation um, in LA. And 
you know, obviously, like I've been there and going from game one home game of the Cowboys to like the last home game of the season, like complete night and day in terms of like the percentage of quote unquote away fans that were there for the Chargers game. Uh, I was at that Thursday night game for the Chiefs. I was at the Raiders game. I was at all of the home games last year. That Chiefs game at home that we ended up losing in overtime was by far the best home turnout I have seen this year to date. But the question is, like, do you think the team sees it? Do you think they're worried about it? Do you think they understand? Do you think it's an issue? Yeah, I, I think enough time has passed here. I mean, honestly, and and I get it. I've been a fan of this team going back to my we we age as well as you know since since I could walk. But at the same time, it's just. It's an it's we don't need to open up that can of worms again. It was an extremely unfortunate situation that happened and there were mistakes made on both sides as far as ownership and as far as politics goes that got us to where we are today. I think the last person that it truly bothered but it he never really disclosed it that often was Philip Rivers. I thought the same thing. I think that he was the last player that it truly held a weight on him. LT was very vocal when everything ended up happening. Philip wasn't as vocal, but I think internally that really got to him. But I think we're at a situation now where it's like if the Chargers were still playing at StubHub, for example, and they were not in SoFi, we may be talking about something different. But no, I don't I don't think that that is something that any of these players are dwelling on now. It's it's a different age. Those players are different from from the time that everything happened um, and they've moved on. You know, it's kind of wild, um, little nugget. When I was at Radio Road, Jake, uh, we, you know, there's all kinds of players and stuff that are there. You saw Justin Herbert, you saw Josh Allen, you see, insert all of the guys. Um, got a chance to interview and talk with Austin Eckler for a bit. And you forget, like, how long you've been a fan and, like, what years are. And I remember I was, I was talking a little bit off camera and we were just kind of chatting it up. And I was telling, like, man, I got, you yeah, haven't. I've been a fan since the SD days. Like I got this like San Diego jersey with Chargers unleashed on it and all kind of stuff. And and he was like, Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. He's like, but I haven't even like I wasn't even here when they were in San Diego. And I was like, huh. You forget how fast time flies. But like Eckler, who's now at this point is almost like a Chargers veteran, never had any ties to L- to San Diego at all. And so imagine everyone after him could care less about the San Diego LA thing. So I agree. I do think the chargers have noticed the fan turnout shift this last season. I think you heard a few of them talk about it last season from the beginning of the season to the end. Uh, so no, I don't think it's an issue. Uh, William Escobar has a question here, Jake. What is the bigger need for the chargers right now? DB or right tackle? All things considered, Matt Filer possibility insert. This this is right tackle by a landslide because right tackle has more of a value on keeping your your franchise quarterback upright. And when you see the results of what happened when the Chargers had Storm Norton and the ebbs and flows, the ups and the downs, unfortunately, a little bit more of the downs that he had throughout last year, you have to shore that up. And when if you can bookend 
a Rashawn Slater and a young tackle in this draft for the next decade to protect your franchise, that to me holds a hell of a lot more value than another DB. Now I get it. Trent McDuffie, I'm a huge fan of in this draft. And that is a lot of, I just think that as far as an NFL player goes and someone that would fit perfectly into Staley's system, I would love to see Trent McDuffie in this defense, but that was also, I started thinking that before the Chargers got J.C. Jackson and they reshaped, they're going to be reshaping their their defensive secondary now, probably with Asante Samuel Jr. playing more in the slot. If you were listening to when Daniel Popper came on the NFL Stock Exchange, he said something that pricked up a lot of people's ears when he said, and these were his words, that he doesn't believe that the team is that high on Mike Davis, which maybe this is where this conversation is coming from. And if that's the case, We'll see how that ends up playing out. Um, and this is especially just not far off from the Chargers giving him a contract extension. So I don't know. I just think if you're telling me right now with the uh, now only holding two picks in the first three rounds of the draft, you got to address that tackle position. And if you don't, you better get creative with it and you better play the board right. That's all I got to say. Okay, Jake, you ready for some hype? So I finally got eyes on the Instagram post. Okay, the let's hear it. Release. 30 seconds. I'm just going to play the audio for folks who have video. Go ahead and 30 go to seconds. Instagram. Check. 30 seconds. That's all it is, okay. right? Okay. All right, guys, here we go. Great to be around you guys. Fellas, it's been too long. Three months and eight days. Um, I see what this is. I want you guys to think about this concept of a gym rat. And I want you guys to start thinking about that term because you guys get paid to play football for a living. All right, in order to be good at it, you have to work at it. You have to work at it. Okay. Gym rat's already speaking my language, dude. Damn. Dig it, man. That's a hell. God, don't you miss that? I mean, talk about a dude, you know, whatever you want to say about his his willingness to go for it on fourth down and maybe not the best decision makers that he had during his rookie coaching season. I don't just I just can't see how you don't get hyped up about something like Woo! that. Even, even going through. back to oh, all like the, all the like all in episodes where he's in front of the players and talking to them. It's just like, dude, yeah. Yeah. Like, I want to smash my face through a brick wall right now. God damn Let's it. Let's go. <sighs> Love oh. it. Oh, man. Um, oh, get some sports. What's up, buddy? All right. So, friend of the show, uh, Matt, has said, Jim Brat was the emphasis for today's first team meeting. What's your energy level after watching today's glimpse of it? Um, Live. <laughs> and again, literally, he. I think he messaged this right as I was playing it. <laughs> uh, so... I apologize. I wish I would have just listened to yours, but we all needed to hear the it. level of hype <laughs> has not diminished. <laughs> no, that's for sure. So no, um, but okay. You know what? I think this is one thing that is shifting. And we talk about culture a lot on the show and about the chargers team last few years, especially. Um, oh, Hey kiddo. How was the hell? Educational. Oh, learn a new trick. Yeah. The trick to a happy, fulfilling life, maybe. I learned that mountain air unleashes my inner peace. And Rip and Powell, well, the whole crew's all, Yoo! Induces spontaneous joy. 
Okay. Uh, that's nice. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 Adult. Drop in for next winter now and save at IconPass.com. Hey, kiddo. How was the hill? Did you learn anything? Yeah, that ripping pow induces spontaneous joy. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 Adult. Drop in for next winter now and save at IconPass.com. Look. There's a lot of things you could talk about the Chargers, but I think there's something to be said about this team. Like the intensity throughout the offseason and not just like on Sundays and even on Sundays, sometimes people questioned it a bit, but like putting in the work consistently across the team and doing the hard stuff and kind of having that mindset. I think if we're being honest, like I think was kind of, of lacking prior to Brandon Staley coming into this team. Like there, there was less of a sense of urgency. There was less of this like killer be killed mindset that you're seeing now on this team and you're seeing it from the top down. And to hear, I mean, it's, to hear that from Brandon Staley and to hear well, that's what he always has done. And you know, we talk about the difference that it makes. And yes, the Chargers didn't make the playoffs last year. Sucked. They won two more games the year before. Great. Uh, but everyone, including the team, players, coaching staff, GM, everyone, last year, more or less, record-wise, was a failure. But for how much that they changed year over year, from a culture perspective, from an identity perspective, you can't, like, I honestly do not remember seeing a team, an NFL team, change that much that quickly. Entire coaching staff changes. Entire philosophy changes. Entire defensive scheme changes. Like, it's, that just doesn't happen. It's probably, I mean, obviously you can't grade that from a win-loss record because that was the unfortunate part about this last season. But, you know, Dan, I get where you're going because when you start looking at, God, go all the way back to, you know, from when the Chargers were in their heyday in 2006 and they and they fired Marty Schottenheimer and they brought in Norv Turner and the coaches that continued from that standpoint, the Mike McCoys, the Anthony Lins, obviously they all approached a head coaching position with the goal to, to be good, to take them to the playoffs and to win a championship. But there was a mental philosophy as far as being leaders of men that unfortunately just did not translate with those, with those locker rooms and those players you know, the, f- the funny part about it is here, and I, I, I have to bring this back because, you know, we all talk about the killer be killed, the go for it on fourth down, we don't give a damn type of scenario. Remember when we were going through that the very, like, first few weeks of the season? And we were actually perfect on fourth down conversions at that point. I think we were, like, five for five or six for seven. I can't remember what the actual number of it was. But this I thought was hilarious. A couple of weeks ago, if you were listening to um, oh my gosh, why am I just totally blank on the show? But Keyshawn Johnson in the morning on with Max Kellerman on ESPN, he, he was doing his rankings of his teams. And I can't remember exactly where it was as far as what number it goes, but he had the Saints 
ranked above the Chargers. And Max Kellerman, who's obviously a huge Justin Herbert fan, asked him point blank, said, Key, why do you have him, have the Saints ranked above the Chargers? And Keyshawn Johnson's explanation for that was because he doesn't like the coaching and the positions that Brandon Staley put them in from those fourth down conversion scenarios. And he said that he can't go as far. He's not ready to believe that he is going to be able to get out of his own way to cost them games. But the funny part about it is, is that is a, that's a two-sided coin there because if the chargers didn't go for it in some of those fourth down scenarios, they'd have a worse record than what they had. As much as you want to say that Brandon Staley's fourth down decisions cost him the game, he equally as much won them certain games. So it's just a weird type of it's it's just a weird type of perspective, but more so, Dan, it's from a standpoint of belief and mm. confidence, and especially with a young quarterback who is just turning out in his first two se- two years in the NFL to be something special. And when you were coming in on day one and saying, "I'm going to take the the reins off you," we're going to just be able to expand the playbook, we're going to be able to do this. And even Herbert admitted when he first got Lombardi's playbook that it was obviously a lot more complex than what it was with with Anthony Lynn. But that's the type of confidence that you instill, and it trickles from the top down. So yes, the Chargers have not had a philosophy like this since the days of Marty Schottenheimer. And how can you not help but be all about it? You know, it's... It's pretty wild, and I think it's kind of funny. I actually, I think I remember us before last season started. You know, there's all the hype about, like, you know, talent for talent. Who's the better quarterback, Justin Herbert or Phillip Rivers? And, like, everyone was like, whoa, pump the brakes. Like, he's a rookie, could be a fluke, who knows, okay? Right now. Right now. I think Justin Herbert, talent-wise, on the field, is better than Philip Rivers has ever been. I think there's more belief. Accolades and seniority hold that over your head. But as far as the athletic capabilities, what he's done in such a short period of time... Skill set. I see where you're going. Skill set. I think... The Chargers are more confident in their quarterback winning a game for them than they ever were with Philip Rivers. And that's no disrespect to Philip Rivers because I love Philip Rivers. And I was honestly, I was a Philip Rivers apologist when he saw all those interceptions kind of happening at the end of games. Like, I'll take it every time. I love Philip Rivers. But I think everyone can kind of allude to this and kind of resonate with me on this. There's a different feeling for me and it was literally was since the rookie year at the end of games with Justin Herbert parentheses and Brandon Staley then there were previous regimes it's just a different feel and whether that's aggressiveness whether that's skill set whether that's mentality whether that's smarts like it seems like this team is now in it to win it they're not in it to not lose it they're in it to kind of go for the jugular when they can. Um, so yes, in short, to wrap up kind of the whole 
How hyped are we after that uh, little Instagram post that the Chargers put? A lot of hyped. And part of that is because of what Brandon Staley's built. Part of that is because of this quarterback that we have now on a rookie deal, which we've talked about ad nauseum. Um, and then, of course, apparently, for folks who do not get to see it live, um, in that video that the Chargers put out for hype, Justin Herbert apparently was amongst those in front doing the sprints. And if that's not the quarterback of your NFL team, like, sorry, but he's ours. Uh, I think it'd be an insult for any NFL team if the quarterback wasn't out front doing wind sprints. I mean, come on, let's just... I mean, yeah, it's it's cool to see when it's your guy, but I mean, just in general, as far as football goes, you want your leader to be out in front. <laughs> so. Okay, but do, but do you honestly think that, well, one, do you honestly think that Tom Brady's even in the sprints? And two, if he was, do you see him being in front? Uh, well, <laughs> n- no, because he's he's earned the right to not never do another win sprint in his entire life. And secondly, yes, if he made the choice to do it, yes, I actually see him being in front. I do. As much crap as I give number 12 and as much as I am, you know, what? a closet despiser. Yes, he yes, he would be Dan. The yes, only the only be. way Tom Brady would be ahead doing sprints is if he paid all of his linemen and all of his special teams and all of his position players like a Rolex or like a nice steak dinner to make sure that for the gram he could be up front. Hmm. There's no yeah, let's way. Get, let's get back to some. Let's <laughs> let's knock these last questions out in the next five minutes. Let's get back to the. All draft. right, five. We are wrapping up. All right, Jake. All things on the table. All things whatever you get, whatever you guys have, go ahead and send them in now. Brock Lesnar is on the show. Holy crap! Brock Lesnar is in the chat. Love shout it. outs from a quote unquote Brock Lesnar. All things considered, who do y'all think we get at seventeen in the draft? Now I know you're thinking. Well, it depends on how the board fell. You're yep. thinking, you know, if we don't trade down, like all things considered, what are you predicting the Chargers do? At 17. It is. For folks listening, I'll give you a chance, Jake. For folks listening, watching, put up your predictions. If you're right, we'll post them. We'll do something for you. Uh, who do the charge get at 17? Jake, go ahead. Dan, you're not going to like my answer. And I'm not actually even going I to. It. I, I, it. I know I'm not even going to name a player here. But it's hard for me to see how the board goes and then measures that for need. And given the fact that the chargers haven't traded down in what is almost two decades, essentially now I could see them reaching for a certain player and not working the board correctly. And given who may still be on the board at that point in time, it just may be a huge mistake. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. There's a lot there. Uh, it's a lot of like, usually it's like sunshine. And now there's it's... a, there's a difference between what you're asking me, Dan, who do I think they're going to get and who do I want them to get? Who do because you think they're going to get? I'll tell you six or seven different guys that I would want them to get. Who obviously. do you think they will get prediction? I think it will be an offensive tackle. And unfortunately I don't think it's going to be an offensive tackle that anybody wants at that point in time. So is it outside of, Cross. Well, not, let me, let me, let me, sorry. Let me back <laughs> up. Not, not that anybody doesn't want, but maybe about 50% of people that don't want this. Okay. And honestly, 
I was being kind when I said 50% of people. I I don't think I have seen a player that is disliked more than Trevor Penning by a fan base. Like, Justin Herbert, I think, you know, there was like a 50-50 split. It's probably more than that. But, like, they weren't saying – they weren't, like, against Justin Herbert as a person. Like, th- they were questioning whether or not he has a high ceiling, whatever. But, like, I don't remember there being that many people who are, who are like, no. <laughs> like, no, 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 well, no, no. Dan, when you've been looking for a serviceable right tackle for this long, essentially, again, since the Jeremy Clary days, in reality, you want somebody who's going to stick like the guy who you hit a home run on last year. That's what you want. Okay, so... um I haven't got a chance to think about this. All right, so who do the Chargers pick at 70? Who do I predict? So I'm going to answer this, think about this live. I I don't see the Chargers reaching. I don't see them being passive, given their new coaching staff and given what they've done so far in free agency. So I do see them being, like, aggressive. Uh, So in my eyes, I think they are going to go for someone who can make an immediate impact Day one. I'm God. You'd you'd hope that they would do that <laughs> in a yeah, skill, but, in, but in a in a position that they can make skill and impact players throughout the game. And so I think they're looking for a starter. I think they're looking for someone who can change the game. And so pipe dream scenario would be Davis. Cross Williams, pipe dream. I think those are three like game changers in that, that order. If they're if they're available, one of those three. Okay. Um, sure. If either, any of those are available, you'll be praying and running it in. But if I'm being realistic, what will the Chargers do? I think it's going to go one of two ways. One of which. I'm going to have to process the other, which would be a corner. I think that they're going to go like a Trent McDuffie type, which I think would be a solid, solid pickup for the chargers. I think that makes their defense better immediately. Or they go wide receiver. I think it's one of those two positions. I believe it too. I'm just thinking in my head, the way that the board is going to fall. I, I would I, I'm totally there with your level. It should be an offensive tackle or a wide receiver is who they should select with their first pick. Mm-hmm. I just have a bad feeling, and again, based off of how I woke up today and what I started <laughs> thinking of as far as bad memories goes, and reaching for offensive tackles brought me back to 2013. I'm just I am the wrong person to ask this question <laughs> to right now. That is simple, <laughs> simple as that. All right, guys, we are wrapping up our Q&A live show. Uh, even on, even in the chat, Jake, there's a whole bunch of Pennings great and a whole bunch of Pennings not great. Um, look, I- look, if, if, look, let's just say hypothetically, just put this bet right now. If Penning ends up being the pick, am I going to be excited about it right off, off the bat? No, I won't be. But if Penning for some reason ends up being a fantastic right tackle right out the gate, I will shut the hell up and I will take back everything that I have said. I will definitely own up to my stuff. But I'll tell you right now, 
not going to be excited about it 10 days from now if that's end, it ends up what happening and based off of probably who's left who is still on the board at that point in time but if they traded back for him in the middle to like the end of the second end of the first round like cool that's a whole different conversation yes. because right. you acquired second round draft capital back but yes yep. let's let's knock out a few more of these all right um let's see uh jake there's there's a few things that I think are kind of uh, interesting, but there's a lot of scenarios you always pound the table for training down. Okay. In the scenario, which there's been a few questions in here about trading up, training down. In a trade down scenario, let's say you were trading down with some team end of first round and you were somehow able to either get like a, uh, obviously you swap late round first for your first and either you got like a late second early third round pick what would your strategy then be like who you what are you targeting end of first round that's different than 17 you you well you could probably be in a position possibly at that point in time dan if you're one of these people that believe that Sky Moore is worth a first-round pick, a Christian Watson, a Jahan Dotson, depending on where it is that you land in the back half of the first round, that you could target one of them. Um, outside of that, see what the offensive tackle or, hell, even defensive tackle conversation. I keep saying that Travis Jones is not going to fall past the Buccaneers. I think it's at 20 seven, I think is where they're at. I can't remember specifically what pick they're at, but I still believe that he's not going to fall past them. Hell, if you were in a position to get to trade back, get a second round pick and take Travis Jones to fill in that interior, that interior of your defensive line, I would love that. Love that. As far as that move goes. Mm. We got some folks in here wanting to go for Travis Jones. I know you've been a big proponent of Travis Jones for seems like an eternity at this point. Do you think he's even going to last? To the second round, if he if we get a second round, pick. no, no, I truly do not believe he is going to last to the second round. I don't actually. If we're talking about some guys that aren't being talked about enough, I think because everybody's focused on the wide receivers and a lot of other different positions as far as what could happen with all the trade up, trade down scenarios, he's not being talked about enough as far as the type of impact that he can make for one of these late first round teams selecting him. Got folks in here wanting Zion Johnson, which I think, honestly, I think Zion Johnson will be available after 17. Like, I think you could trade back and you could probably still get him, if we're being honest. Um, All right, guys, we're wrapping this up. Apparently, Jake, you need to siphon some of the energy from the Charger chat, guys. Man, what else? What else is new? This is this is one of those times. Normally, this is the time of the season that I'm actually in a good mood. In a good mood. Normally it's the it's during the regular season when I have to watch what I watch and of course I have to go against Dan battle his optimism and bring him yeah. down to earth a little bit Here more. But he's not wrong. He's not wrong because I know the type of positivity that the Chargers chat guys bring and I absolutely love it. I could just listen to Wooldog doing, you know, <laughs> impressions. impressions for the better part of an hour and immediately perk myself up. So maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe I'll just I'll I'll listen to that, and that'll put me in a much better mood. <laughs> yep. No, I, I agree. I agree. When you're feeling down, just listen to impressions. Um, all right, guys, we are going to close out this episode of Chargers Unleashed Live. Thank you guys so much for all of the questions and comments uh, that you brought in. Shout out to everyone who has been in here uh, participating in this one. It's been super fun. 
Uh, again, if you have not already, go ahead and hit the subscribe like button on Instagram, on Instagram, on YouTube, which is probably where you're following us. Uh, or if you're on podcast, go ahead and review, do whatever you want. You know what to do. Um, Jake, I'm going to put you in a spot here. You can find the lovely Jake Hefter at Jake D. Hefter on Twitter. You find myself at Chargers Homer. Jake, who is your hope at 17? Real quick, three seconds. It's a pipe dream scenario, but if for some reason Charles Cross or Jordan Davis were able to fall to the Chargers at 17, you run that pick up to the podium. Mm. Give me Jamison Williams somehow, some way. If something happens and he could be there at 17, that's my guy. He's been my guy since day one. All right, guys, Chargers Unleashed. We will be up here pretty shortly, actually. We have some special guest stuff coming up and some episodes as we get more into the draft breakdowns. Jake, what's our next position we're doing? We'll have to decide, man. We still have a few that we want to take care of. Um, let's Since there's been a lot of talk, especially with the Kenneth Murray situation, and then, of course, everyone, including us, has been up in arms since Kaiser White is no longer on this roster. Let's get into the linebackers. because It'll be an interesting position to dissect. And mm. as far as when they're going to target a linebacker, it's probably not going to be the first round because if you literally took another off-ball linebacker <laughs> two, twice in a three-year span, something is wrong with who is executing the, that draft strategy. But that'll be an interesting position to break down because I definitely think it's something that they're going to address. Even with Troy Reader coming onto the team recently, um, I think that you're going to see a linebacker taken, possibly starting in round three. Mm-hmm. Solo man, last comment here, Jake. Hundred bucks says Kyer Elam is a Chargers pick. First off, it? first off, you're making Dan Wolkenstein extremely happy right now with this comment. <laughs> extremely happy. Dan will probably match your bet <laughs> if if he had this opportunity. I will donate hundred bucks to charity. The Chargers. He would for love sure. for this scenario to happen. More actually. He would love for them to trade back and then select Kyrie Elam. That would probably be Dan's dream scenario in that circumstance. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for joining. Let's go through some of these comments real quick. Uh, Ross Ackerman, thank you so much. We've got Kid Joe, Good Joe, Jude, terrible names. Great stream, gentlemen. Thanks so much. Uh, people would be happy to pronounce some of these player Davis. names, but you can't pr- properly spell that out. Pronounce his name. <laughs> yeah, Dude, exactly. You, 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 well, you, <laughs> I'm, again, I'm the wrong person to ask because I can't even pronounce the players' names properly. So I have an out. I know I can't do it. HH4 out here with some talk about Telesco having some bomb draft picks. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be here soon as we discuss more about the Chargers, more about draft picks, and more players we'll be discussing with as we tune into the next episode of Chargers Unleashed. Thank you guys so much. We'll talk to you later. Adios! The minute you lay your eyes on the all-new Toyota Tundra Capstone, you'll know it was made to make a statement. With its 22-inch dark chrome alloy wheels made for turning heads, carefully crafted two-tone leather trim seats made for pulling up in style, 12-speaker JBL premium audio made for turning up, plus power running boards made for stepping out on the town. The all-new Tundra Capstone, made to make a statement. Toyota, let's go places. JBL is a registered trademark of Harman International Industries, Inc. Did you know that with Xfinity Internet, you get fast and reliable speeds? Best of all, you could save up to $400 a year on your wireless bill when you add Xfinity Mobile. Can your internet do that? 
Get Xfinity Internet for $19.99 a month for 12 months with a one-year contract. Plus, save hundreds on wireless when you also get Xfinity Mobile. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Requires paperless billing and auto pay and 63022. Restrictions apply. New Connect Internet customers only. Equipment, taxes, and fees extra and subject to change. After term, regular rates apply. Compares pricing of top carriers. Xfinity Internet required.